talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. All right, Luke, and we are back. I guess Ray Lasuga. Yes, ready to play indeed. Before we get into this particular episode, let's congratulate ourselves on finishing season one. Here, here. We'll be back in September for season two. And in our first episode, we'll make our first induction into the Mythical Dice Masters Hall of Fame. That's right. But today, we've got a special, unique episode lined up. We decided we'd do an in the field, on the day, cinema verite style recording of our trip to nationals with a little behind the scenes and a lot of in the moment recording of the events surrounding US nationals at Origins. Hopefully people find it interesting and useful. Yeah, the reserve pool did something similar with WKOs a few years back, and I always like that. So hopefully folks will feel the same way about this. So let's give everyone a brief outline of what's coming up in the episode. Fair enough. We start off the episode in LAX on a Wednesday, June 12th which was technically the first day of Origins. Then on Thursday, we cover the National 10x10 event. And on Friday, we cover the Global Escalation event and the Fan Appreciation event, where we were fortunate enough to get a very special interview with WizKid's very own Jimmy O'Brien. With unique information that isn't on the Dice Coalition or Ministry of Dice yet, so... Pay attention. (laughs) For sure. And then on Saturday, we get into the pre- and post-coverage of the U.S. Nationals themselves, including interviews with many of the contestants and Dice Masters people of note. Now, all the team lists will be linked in the show notes, so we'll try to pop in during the podcast to try to clarify things we missed on the day, but if you'd like to lay eyes on the teams we're discussing... Or jump to a particular subject that interests you, you can find the show notes at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 109... For Season 1, Episode 9... That's Rollin' Thunder with no G or any apostrophe. I know you asked me to stop saying that, but it's my thing. What can I do? So without further ado, let's get started and flash back to Wednesday, June 12th, 2019. All right, so here we are at the airport. In, in Los Angeles still, where we haven't actually left home yet. We're preparing. Yes, that's right. We have gotten through the TSA check, which is always dicey, excuse the pun, because they don't like little plastic cubes, so they have to inspect it, our luggage. It literally says, restricted objects, marijuana, drugs, firearms, sharp objects, and small cube-like objects. Well, anyway, so we got checked out for that, but we're here. We're here still pretty early. This is about the only thing we've done early in the last, I don't know, couple months. We, we are way behind the curve. I've done a lot of traveling, and Lucan's had tons of finals. So we're kind of cramming like mad in the last couple of days, playtesting a bunch in the last couple of days. But I don't know about you, Lucan, but uh, I'm getting a bad feeling about this because there's a lot of different options. And it seems like rock, paper, scissors right now, and I haven't had enough time to explore all of the nooks and crannies, so to speak. Well, I mean, to be fair, in past years, it's been rock, paper, scissors because there's been like three options with different variations on each option. But usually English nationals comes before American nationals, so we kind of have a touchstone 
for what to expect. But uh, this time we don't have that, so we're just kind of playtesting like 12-hour days here and trying to get as much done before we actually have to compete because there's way more than three teams that are viable <laughs> right now. So it's it, and, and also, none of the teams are really suiting my play style very well. So. That's true. That's true. I certainly haven't figured out what I'm going to run yet. Seems like energized stuff is really, really strong right now. Boy, you know, I, I think that Fed Bloat Drone is tough. Out of all the things that are powerful, I, I don't think energize is much of a concern. I didn't mean energize. I meant, uh, sorry, energy field. Energy field. Yeah, <laughs> awaken, awaken, awaken. All the awakened stuff. There's a lot of awakened stuff that's super nasty with energy field. And, of course, the new Iceman is brutal as well. I mean, synergizes so well with all the bolts and removal. So... Any surprise things you kind of get your eye on at this point? I don't want to see dragons. <laughs> I know I got them last time I competed against them, but I, I don't want to see dragons. I'm sure we will see dragons. Somebody will be running dragons out there. Hulk. No, I think I can outrun that with the teams that I've got planned. I don't know. Maybe. A lot of hope stuff. A lot of hope stuff. I'm definitely concerned. I don't know what my team is, and Nationals is in like two or three days. Boom so, Boom Villains? I'm more worried about like just villains without the Boom Boom. Well, yeah, of course, if I'm saying two different teams. Boom Boom is one team with Hope or anything else. Boom Boom's a win condition on our own. And then Villain Control is always a real deal, right? Yeah, I know. I'm worried about both of those teams because I don't like the OP Black Widow and I don't like Scarlet Witch. So whichever teams have those are the teams I want to play least. <laughs> I think Madam Mask is really strong in this meta, too. Uh, you know, the ones Madam Mask... Wrecker and that OP Black Widow, both Black Widows, honestly, are, are troublesome. I mean, obviously, as a person who loves to play with globals, I find Wrecker a very troublesome card, one of my least favorites to play against, but I do kind of have a sort of respect for that card, because whenever I play Control, I do like to bring that card, even though it's kind of shooting my play style in the foot. It's just kind of cool, and people don't play it that much. Same goes for Madam Mask. Less so, though. A lot of people play that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, well, if Patrick shows up, Shadow Meld, I expect to see probably Polaris and maybe Blackbird as well, right? Yeah, because then you're shutting down every single global that they have every turn. You play Polaris and then you play Blackbird and now they can't use anything. Which shuts down a couple of the big meta teams right now. I think that would really hurt Iceman and Adam. Any other last thoughts before we get on the plane here? Well, I'm certainly very excited, but I'm also very nervous because... (laughs) I'm not having as much confidence coming into this as I did coming into Worlds or even Nats the year before. That's for sure. So. Well, we haven't had a lot of time to really play test the way we w- would prefer. But that's just, we'll just roll and see how it goes. A lot of this is just going to come down to matchups and rolls, you know? If you get that matchup that kills you... Oh, well. <laughs> guess you'll die. Say la vie. Can't prepare for everything. No, you sure can't. So here we are. Actually, at Origins now, we have made our way into Hall A. They've switched things around here. Everything's a little bit backwards at at Origins this year, but we've made it. And I forgot to register, but I figured that out yesterday. I was really worried that I flew all the way out here and then wasn't going to be able to pay for my registration. (laughs) And we have a nice tour of Columbus. But fortunately, there were still tickets left. Lucan, how was the trip? Actually, relatively good, considering, you know, planes are always a pain. But we made it, and we're all right. Now we're here. And we still haven't decided what our teams are, although I've narrowed it down to two things. Although I do know what I will be running for the 10 by 10 which is today. Well, that's lucky because I still have two teams for the 10 by 10 I was convinced when I went to bed last night that I knew what I was running. And then we woke up this morning and realized that one of my actions, which was create food and water, didn't play well at all for 10 by 10 with 
staff with the forgotten one, which is what I really needed. And then I just started pulling my team apart and pulling my team apart. And I kind of finally put a version of it back together, but it's not nearly half as strong as what I had before. It was an Iceman build. So now I just might run Lucan's team. But anyway, we're here, and I want to get some other people on the mic. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend. I think he is the champion of the puzzle. He solved all the puzzles. <laughs> here he is. He's, he says he's missed the last two, but he's still the champion. He hasn't even done the he last two. He solved them. He just didn't send an email. <laughs> <laughs> here he is, Craig Hubner. Good morning, or good, hello. Hello. Yeah. yeah it's, it, I thought you guys worked off a script, though. Isn't there a script for your shows? No, of course not. We, you never mentioned the script in the show. Oh, off the cuff, brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what would you guys like to talk about then? Well, we're sitting here pre-10 by 10, so let's talk 10 by 10. What do you think about this format in general? And then uh, were there any struggles in terms of building your team or coming up with a good idea for this? No, there weren't any struggles, but because of so many new things since we had a last competitive event for Dice Masters being November of last year, I simply wanted to focus on the new stuff. And so grabbing one card from each new release, I mean, with the X-Men, there's three different cards you can have, two from the packs and one from the campaign box. So that's really just the way I went into it, was what one card do I want from each of the new sets? And they all synergize pretty well, so that makes it a little easier. Some of these other 10 by 10s it's like, you know, a lot of the win conditions from the earlier ones, they kind of paired well with something in set, so it was a little more difficult, right? Yeah. And, and I am hoping that the matches that I get actually do allow me more options that I could ever have created on my team because I just shorted myself on ramp or things that really do boost a team, really hoping that just the opponents bring them and then I use them. And if I don't have them and they don't have them, then we're just playing just raw dice masters and we're just playing it out. Which favors a good pilot like you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm telling you, Craig, every time I played you, you could make the most out of a little... I, sometimes I've sat down and go like, that team's okay, but... And then the next thing I know, I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. Craig's just outpiloting me to death. Yeah, no, I have one memory of a Batman draft that we did, and he, like, had this list, and he's like, here, if you see any of these cards, pass them to me. And I'm like, why? He's like, I'm rare drafting. And usually when you're rare drafting, that's a telltale sign that you're going to have a pretty terrible team. And so then he comes out with one Batman, just one common Batman, nothing else, and whoops me in the face. And I'm like, what? See, and I wish I could remember that. Are you going to draft today, too, after this, maybe? I I'm hoping to. <laughs> now, and the other thing that I don't want to discourage anybody about, though, but I just have never really understood the global escalation philosophy. And so I have not put together any kind of team for tomorrow's event and just hoping to draft tomorrow for the day. Because if you guys can help me understand Global Escalation. Sure, we can do it. I mean, Global Escalation is still, I think, a little bit broken because it's golden. So you know, only, only thing that's been, all the only thing that's been eliminated is things that have been the top two worlds or national teams. So If they don't have a global on them, right? The things that have a global... Things that have a global live no matter what. So you can't ever get rid of Professor X or Slifer, for example. Anything that has a global can't be eliminated. What happens is that you lose a lot of control cards, right? Because they're the ones that don't have globals on them. So it just makes it even more like, who's going to roll? <laughs> and, and also, like, a lot of teams, for example, our Nats and Worlds teams, each only eliminated two cards because 
mine had like 90% globals, and his was a lot of things that Junior had used to win nationals. I glanced at the list, but I didn't even think any of your cards were on the list at all just because of updating it, but they did. Well, we gotta, that's one of the things we got to ask. I think they forgot that Luke and his team should also go to, go to the band, so like Wonder Woman should go, uh, Child of Clay, and... Uh, fix it and, and Proton Cannon. Fix it and Proton Cannon. There should have been three other cards that I think they forgot to update, but by the rules, they should be gone. We'll see. But if They didn't make the list, but they should be on the list, I think. <laughs> Do you guys have... Escalation teams yourselves, then? Or? We literally haven't built. We, I've been traveling like a madman, and I haven't built anything. I still haven't figured out my team for Saturday, so that's where I'm. I'm literally the night before, even driving over here, like I've got two teams for this, and I'm still haven't made up my mind. And it's half hour before this. I'm like, I could go that way, and it's janky, or I can go that way, and it's janky. Should I go? More killy janky or more consistent janky? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll flat out say it. I'm running Fix It again. Blast for the pass. Spoiler alert, I'm not going to run it during Nats, but I do want to run it today. So yeah. just so I can get a little bit of that in there. Craig, we're going to check back in with you after and see how it went. Thanks, guys. So we had four rounds of Swiss and 12 contestants. And after the event, we got together with Craig Hubner, Ben Kaplan, and Alec Jr. Shrake to discuss how the tournament went. All right, well, we're here post 10 by 10 tournament, and I'm standing here with the fourth place finisher, second place finisher, the fifth place finisher, and the first place finisher. And the champion. And the champion. <laughs> I'm missing Daniel, who was third place. Sorry, Daniel, I hope you're listening. But. Seeing as we talked beforehand, what did you see today, Craig? Craig Huebner, who finished second place, he was running the tournament, wrecking her face all the way, 3-0 and at the end when we went to the final match. We played four rounds of Swiss. No, I was overly confident until I had to meet Orange. What, Aiden? I don't think you were overly confident. I think you played it very well. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, it was, uh, well, no, I think the stuff that we saw that I think I mentioned to you, that uh, the Wonder Woman. And the lack of Shriek's blanking cards, but the use of Wonder Woman to protect their characters from globals. Everybody I played against had that. I wasn't ready for that. Everybody had that Wonder Woman, really? Yeah, everybody had that Wonder Woman. I, did you guys see I it? it? I had it. I didn't use it. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't that worried about it, to be honest. Oh, well, I lied, because I thought you had it too, <laughs> didn't you? No, I didn't have it, but I probably wouldn't anyway so. okay so, so tell me about the teams you ran through craig would you you started who do you start off with and and give us a quick synopsis of your voyage so to speak well now i wish i could remember better <laughs> because it was andy was my first opponent and i honestly can't remember what andy's win he was, was running that attune team right yeah he was with the uncommon yanti that was unblockable when you use an action the common one yeah common common, yep. common. But he had something else. Parasite, oh, it was just really Parasite to add on. Parasite, and uh, Thronebrick. So That's that, pretty mean. It could hit you pretty fast and hard, right? It could. And, and he was also hoping to use the rare bishop ability to prevent damage mm. by copying it with Hope Summers. But he just had bad rolls on his Hope dice, and he never got her to hit. So he never got that protection up, and I was just able to... Because you were running the uh, Iceman, so you were looking to burn, burn, burn. Can you tell us about your team a little bit? Yeah, I really just started with Iceman because of the new set. And then knowing that the Techno Global that 
I really thought let you take sidekick dice that were on their sidekick face and change them to bolts could then give me that bit of an edge with the Iceman ability to take damage during the attack step until I played Ben when he taught me that it does all sidekick dice <laughs> that I could turn to bolts. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? This is... Which was faster. helpful for me. If it hadn't been for that, I think I don't think I would have got you at the end. Yeah, and it's that double-edged sword where then it helps where you're needing it to do the damage oh, yep. to fix it. I, I kind of regret not putting that global on my team, but as it worked out, thank you for bringing it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so... Ben, tell me a little bit about who was your first opponent, and, and tell me about your team a little bit. My first opponent was Alexandra, Andy's daughter. And she played a really cool combo I hadn't seen before. It was Black Canary that when she attacks, no villains could block. And then she had Danger Room, the two costs that made everyone villains. So her combo was to get as many Black Canaries and then just strong characters in the field. And she had Owlman so that she could bump her own characters when they were villains. And basically just to run through with combat damage. Luckily for me, she didn't roll very well at all. She rolled sidekicks and that's about it. And I was using Jubilee, the three cost from X-Men Forever that could do two damage to opponent or character, and so I was just knocking out her sidekicks and then attacking with the Jubilee pumped up by Parasite to do, you know, like six, seven, eight damage at a time. And it... I can tell you firsthand that that combo was mean and it worked really well. I was really surprised by that Jubilee because it really was great removal. You know, it's just one of those utility pieces that just does, you can get something out of the field you don't want to see, or you can just pound your opponent for two and then get ready to go again with Parasite. Because we played each other in the second round. Do you want to talk about that match for a little bit? Yeah, uh, I lucked out there too, because since Arj didn't bring Techno with the global, he ended up having a couple turns where if he had one or two more bolts, he could have gotten lethal. But my Parasite always rolled on level three, so he always had enough defense to stop lethal from coming through. And there's one turn he had seven sidekicks and two of them were bolts and the rest were shields or masks or all of those shields ah <laughs> where, where was thunderous teaching when i needed it <laughs> yeah so yeah i lucked out i just happened to get the right amount through at the right time and like i said about two or three turns you would have had lethal if things had rolled the right way but it's a dice game it's a dice game so who did you face after that craig so you faced first round yes. it was, it was first andy. round was second andy round second was ross Foster? Okay, Ross Foster, yep. Yeah. The weekly yeah. dice arena. Yeah. But with that one, too, I think... I was sitting next to him. He was running a Green Lantern yeah, Justice League team with the masks and the Hawk Girl. And he was using the Hawk Girl that when she attacks, she spins up one, and then running it with the Green Lantern that give you the old lantern ring ability. And so he was another one that got me going. Really but you were just it, able to outburn him? It was just the quickness of getting the bolts going. And what was your buy order generally, if you could have everything as your drivers? I know you had the Chewinga, you had the one cost yeah. Chewinga, you had Shriek, Shriek you had yeah. uh, lots of bolts. Yeah, and really the other stuff that I had that I never really used enough was I had half a team of masks that was the yeah. new Mimic. The three cost Mimic, why'd you pick that one for your team, do you remember? My opponent had something just brutal that mm -hmm. I wanted to copy. But I never got there fast enough to be able to do it. Okay. So I know you explained it to us, but really the same team for <laughs> Lucan and Orange. The truth, so, the truth is I brought another team. When I woke up this morning, when we went to bed last night, I had an Iceman team all set up, and it worked great. And I was like, I can go to sleep. I don't have to worry about anything. And woke up in the morning, and Lucan was like, oh, you know what? Your team now doesn't work because you're actually your action matches one of your other cards. 
and I started pulling it apart and it was like a sweater. It just all came apart. And then I was like, uh, 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 and I went to the take a shower to think about what my final thing would be. And I was like, just build me a copy of your team just in case I can't think of anything by the time I come out of the shower. I came out of the shower and I thought of something, packed it all up, had all the cards, and I got here and I opened my bin. Instead of having staff of the forgotten one, I had brought an extra ring of winter die by accident. So I couldn't play the team. That was my removal. So typical just got lucky by my own incompetence. <laughs> uh, on, on that note, you know, if only you had had the other team, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know. So everybody only lost one game, though, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I drew one. I drew my first game because I wasn't able to roll my fix-its that stalled out into time. And then my second game, I won pretty cleanly. And then my third game, I was playing you. What a game. So I was very frustrated because I have my big turn coming up. I've got... Two fix-its rolling, two proton cannons rolling, and six sidekicks. It's a huge turn. So I roll... Oh, Junior's here. Hello, Junior. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're here with the reigning Nash U.S. national champion. Junior, how's it going, brother? It's going all right. I lost all my friends, and I'm a little confused. <laughs> so... Well, we're talking shop here. Lucan is now recounting our final. Maybe tell us about our team, because Luke and I ran the same team, and then tell us what happened. So uh, we were running a Fix-It team, Mr. Fix-It, the one that one damage he gets plus XA, or X is equal to the current A that he has, printed A. So you just run that with a bunch of globals that make him cheaper, and a Magic Missile, Proton Cannon, Shriek, Wonder Woman to stop, the one that stops them from targeting your characters with global abilities, and then try to swing with him as much as you can. And two bolts for magic missile and a proton cannon will usually do it. Maybe three bolts if they have a big field. So we had a class game. We had the full-on mirror match. And you had me dead to rights. I kind of had just enough to get by. I had gotten you down to one. I had a huge swing, but it was only down to one. And he had everything coming. He had it all coming. And so it was my turn, and I just needed to get one damage. You missed my turn. <laughs> or I, uh, I didn't roll any bolts. Now that that's done, yeah. you can... He didn't roll any bolts to kill me. But he was still going to come with me. He's coming hard again the next turn because he'd ramped like crazy. So I had like one shot, and I had to get one damage through. Pull four sidekicks. Roll. Zip. Nothing. Roll again. One sidekick, and inside of my dice tower, one was like super cocked. I'm like, that one's cocked. He's like, that one's cocked. I pick it up. One in six chance. Whoosh. Sidekick. <laughs> and he could only ping one out, so I got through. Uh, that was, I did not deserve that one at all. <laughs> it was actually better that you did win because the rolls I had in the last game were not that good. I was just able to keep that streak out and name his Yanti over and over again. But uh, you, you had pretty good rolls against Craig to, from, from what I saw watching the game. If I had had the rolls that I brought against Andy, I don't think I would have been able to beat Craig. Yeah, I had really good rolls against Craig. In fact, so let's talk about our game a little bit, Craig, Well, now that I got you here. Could you give us the play-by-play about it if you can remember it? No, I can't remember it. Come on, man. That was a year ago, right? No, I know. It's so sad because, no, I, I know that I only bought one Iceman, and I can't remember if I did get to field him the first time I pulled him out of the bag. I don't think I did. I think I had to wait. Uh, You had to wait because you had to get something out of my field. You had to use the bolts to ping something out, if memory serves correctly. Yeah. Yeah, you came out of the gate a little slower than you would have liked to because you got a bad roll in your first roll, and you had to buy... You bought two Chewingas, yeah, and then they didn't cooperate with you at all. They just kept giving you the middle finger or coming out level two, you know. <laughs> yeah, and when you have to attack with them and then you got nothing to pull them back, you're not going to swarm anything after that. So I think that was the difference in the game, honestly, just that. Because yeah. it came down to the very, very last well, roll. No, it, 
I will say, though, I think the real difference was that your Wonder Woman was coming up every time. Yes, it did. And the shriek when you need her at the end did come up so that you could... Well, no, you'd actually gotten rid of my shrieks before that, so you actually had gotten those out. Yeah, that was pretty fun, because you had two shrieks, and I had two question marks. So I used one question mark. It was near the end of the game. It was really a tough call, because I could clog my bag. I needed Overcrush to finish you off, but at the same time, you had two shrieks stopping me from being able to stop you from static feeling me. You were naming my Wonder Woman. So I had to use one question mark to taunt off one of your shrieks. Then I had to use the other question mark to convert all three of my sidekicks in the field into bolts, which I was hoping to use to ping Mr. Fix-It, to ping out the other shriek. And then I had to pray for rain that I rolled the next turn, which I did. You did. Yeah. So, Alec, we got you here. The Dice Masters National Champion. How's it been going this past year for you? It's been going all right. I've been been busy I, I actually left the game for a year I'm on a year hiatus I'm gonna come back strong on Saturday and uh it's, it's gonna be interesting I don't know what anything does so I had, I had no fears when building a team can't be scared of what you I, don't know. I love it I love it you know watch him win it all this guy is like one of the just the the most natural players I've ever played against like he just understands the underlying mechanics in a way that you you're like a couple times I've looked at your brews and I thought I thought I brewed pretty well, and then I looked at your brew, and I was like, wow, that's genius, man. I, I, hats off. Yeah, I, I don't know where it comes from, man. You know, you have all those long nights where you sit up and you just look at cards over and over, and it just something clicks somewhere. You know, it helps playing people like Tony and Jomar all the time because they just they wailed on me when I started, and I got sick of losing. <laughs> I just lost all the time because of them. It's, well, so happy to hear you're back in the scene. You know, The only downside to that is that you are one of our nominated people for the Dice Masters Hall of Fame, you realize. But that only is, you know, if you're retired or semi-retired. Now I hear you coming out of retirement that might disqualify you. And you were, you know, right up there for like the definite induction into the uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. That does not to say you'd still, your nomination would still carry over until you retire. But what do you think about that? Oh, uh, well, I, I, I don't know about it. I've never been in a Hall of Fame before. I've been in the Hall of Shame a couple times, you know. So I can't talk you out of playing? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing for sure. I like that belt too much. I get to I get to make fun of people because of it. So it's always good to be able to rub it in your friend's face that you got it. What do you guys, what's your bet? If you were gambling right now, what do you think we're seeing on Saturday? I think if anyone doesn't bring some kind of Jubilee sidekick team, then they just didn't look at the cards. Because from what I've seen, it's it's going to be insane. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, Iceman kicked my butt today, so I'd be surprised if I don't see Iceman maybe on my team. No, I think it's going to be the unblockable type or the overcrushing type of damage that they can get through quickly. I think that's going to be the prominent stuff. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of wide open. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's going to be direct damage. Iceman is probably a good way of that. Jubilee is a good way of that. Hal Jordan or Green Lantern, probably a lot of him as well. Right on. You heard it here first, folks. We'll see you on Saturday. We're back in the room after uh, the first, well, technically it's the second day of Origins. It's the, the first Thursday. Day of major events. First day of major events. That's right. We, we got in the first day, but we were too late to play anything. So today we played 10 by 10 and a draft. So looking, how'd it go for you today? Uh, well, I got fourth place in the 10 by 10. I would have gotten third place, I think, if I hadn't stalled out against Charlie because I didn't roll fix it. 
And then my second game, I won that even though I had bad rolls. And then my third game, I lost. You heard about that one earlier. Yeah. And then the fourth game, I won that. But that since I got that first round tie because Fix It wouldn't roll for me, I had kind of remarkably bad luck today, which is a little bit demoralizing because I have nationals coming up. And if I roll like this on nationals, there's no way I'm making the top cut. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. All this stuff just comes down to rolls so much. I, I mean, I, I played four just real nail-biter games, and every one of them came down to rolls. You know, I, I happened to win the thing, but I credit more of that. Um, good Lord was shining favorably on me and my dice today more than anything else. I'll tell you, playing Craig is always really, really hard. I, I mean, I was having great rolls, and he was having less than perfect ones, and he just made it so hard to the very bitter end. I mean, at the very end, I had to get super creative in terms of he had two shrieks on the board shrieking my Wonder Woman. And I rolled my shriek. If I could have shrieked a shriek, I would have been in good shape. But I rolled one bolt and a fist. And I was able to use his Techno Global to get enough bolts to ping out one of his shrieks. And I used the fist to taunt out his other shriek while it was still his turn. And then I just had to get really lucky on the next turn, which I did to win. But it was a great game. Yeah, no, there were, I think, 12 players in the tournament total. And as for thoughts for tomorrow, which is a global escalation event, which, for the record, I, I still believe that format needs some work and some refining and some banning because it's a little bit it's a little bit out of control like the idea was to keep it like oh well if you cut out all the nats teams and worlds teams it's going to be a very balanced game and i'm like take 10 random cards there's probably a turn three in there <laughs> because in 10 minutes just now we just brewed a sunfire and jubilee team with morphing jar Clayface, and professor x and it turned threes pretty consistently we didn't think super hard to do that there's no grand epiphany or genius it was just kind of like oh, i really like that sunfire card and it could be really good if you had a lot of masks how do you get a lot of masks well the thing is we realize energy field is broken the way it is right now i mean i think eventually it'll get eroded or to be what it was probably intended to be originally but right now it's broken and so it's just easy to slam on it the only thing that's going to really stop this team is is wrecker and even then, it might not get in the field fast enough. Or Polaris, Polaris, and also that one Tomb Guardian. But him less so, because you can still just pay the extra one. You still get a lot of damage. Yeah, and also you got to fabricate and then get him in. So that's really hard. This this thing just trucks along. You know, with the one cost morphing jar, it's just sick, broken. Signing off on Thursday. All right, well, here we are. We are now post-global escalation. Andy, you nearly tricked me into saying golden escalation, but it is global escalation. I Last night, Lucan and I, we wanted to break energy field, and I'm standing here with the fourth place finisher. Were you fourth? Fifth, really? Yeah, I can't the, believe the that. the rankings did not shake out well for me. Yeah, you were three and one, and you were playing in the final match, so I thought you might have been second, but it was four rounds of Swiss. So there wasn't a tiebreaker, which is a bummer yeah. for you. Anyway, Nick Wally here. Sorry, I forgot to give you the proper introduction. <laughs> but he had the coolest team of the event. I think it might have been just the one of the jankiest, weirdest combos, and people just didn't see it coming. I mean, that's how I pulled it off. And, yeah, the strength of schedule. Maybe if I played the more experienced players, they saw it coming. Maybe. Maybe. But I, still I, I had no idea what he was doing. I knew there was some shenaniganery with the Fabricate and the Thunderbird, but 
I didn't, I had, spoiler alert, <laughs> but I had no idea what was coming. After the game, I had to have him explain it to me, what was going on, do like a walkthrough. It's wicked cool. <laughs> so, Nick, tell us about your team and tell us how you made it work. All right, so the main thing, and I have to give credit to DM Armada, because I watched their YouTube video last night, and I was like, oh, you can buy 12 golems in turn three. How can I break that? <laughs> Shout out to so, Steven. I mean, so using those same two cards, Hope Summers, the pluripotent Exopraxia, you copy your Thunderbird Buffalo Soldier, such that now, whenever you KO one of the characters, everything else comes back to the field at level one. Can you read me the uh, Thunderbird text again real quick? All right, Thunderbird says, when Thunderbird is KO'd, return any other non-Thunderbird character dice that were KO'd this turn to the field at level one. Awesome, a brewer's delight, right? And confirming with Paul today, because there were questions, when Hope Summers copies another X-Men character's text, the name gets replaced, so when Hope Summers is KO'd, then return any other non-Hope Summers character dice that were KO'd this turn to the field at level one. I like it. <laughs> the trouble is, that's not winning. Right. So that's when you introduce a card I've been wanting to work for so long, Yandu Yaka Arrows. When Yandu is KO'd, Yandu deals one damage to your opponent for each non-sidekick character die in your used pile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone's trying to make that work and no one's been able to do it. He's the rare, right, from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. And so the main premise here is you KO Yandu with Thunderbird, Yandu comes back. You then KO Yandu with Hope, then Yandu and Thunderbird come back, and, and all, then you switch. And all the while, you're loading up your use pile with golems, right? So you're doing more and more damage. Yeah, and, with uh, also, you've got the one cost Foxwalker on there, so a fist is an extra damage well, every time you well, KO. Well, let's, let's right? let Nick get yeah, to yeah. it. He's getting there. Yeah, so the main key there is you're doing all that KOs with two KO'd at the same time with Amber Golem, which is a 2-5 Fabricate, and honestly, let's stop with the rest of the text. It gains life if you're behind, though, right? So every time you Fabricate, you can gain some life. It would have worked if I had five, seven more turns against Lucan. <laughs> right. I didn't. I didn't even get to turn three. So that's the rare Amber Golem Paragon Construct and from uh, Tomb of Annihilation. How many turns again does it kill in? The way I have it optimized, I could math it out to four. Okay. I'm not used to the PXG Global, so brewer-friendly, if you want to speed it up, <laughs> you could probably get turn three, if maybe in a lucky. weird case with Clayface on both sides, maybe a turn two, yeah. which might puzzle. There you go. Puzzle. There you go. I think a puzzle Thank time. You. Thank, Thank you, Nick. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so far, we're looking at Hope. We're looking at Yandu. We're looking at Thunderbird. We're looking at Amber Golem. And what's next? And those are the four win cards. Mm -hmm. After that, it's just how do you make it faster? How do you get there? And so an easy include is the one cost Poxwalker, no text. Right. Because you can get Poxwalker for one fist, then use the Clayface Global, pay one mask once per turn. You may take a die from your use pile and add it to your reserve pool on energy face. All right, wow. so buy the Poxwalker, get two fists, net one. So you get the Poxwalker that way. And with the two fists from the Poxwalker, you can then use the Kree Captain Global. Pay two fists, once per turn, the next character die you purchase this turn, cost three less, right. minimum one. And so that's how you can get up quick and get your Yandu out, you can get your Thunderbird at a cheap cost. There you are. Throw in some very timely, one of my basic actions was Resurrection. Right. So you get the uh, Shield Global, make sure you manage the bag, and so I know we've talked about speeding it up with two Clayface. I think I only ever used two Clayface Globals once, 
And it was so that when I had six dice in my pool, I clay-faced a sidekick just so I could clay-face again to get the five dice and turn properly. There you go. The old ring res trick. Yeah. Right, one more time over the team real quick because it's really quite awesome. There's also Yarnbjorn on here to help you get the fist, right? Yeah, Yarnbjorn, which got used a few times. It was nice to hang a sidekick. Rare Yarnbjorn. you can get those fists out. And then the kill turn, get everything optimized, turn four. You buy your last three Poxwalkers, and then you start the shenanigans. Fabricate away. Fabricating four Amber Golems. Yeah. And with three Poxwalkers, the Amber Golem goes in there. So the first Yondo hit is for four, then five, then six, then seven, 22 damage. Oof. I love it. I love it. Talking about rolling thunder. That's that's really pretty cool. Uh, so the two actions you got in here, does it, it was, uh, you got resurrection and the other backup was the a backup team up? backup was team up. Okay. If I got stalled or someone broke something in the chain, there's seven different affiliations that I could have. Yeah, and, and lots of characters. is two for one, right? So that's that makes sense. Yeah, Poxwalker is two for one. There is potential to maybe even get a clay face because pre-captain, Poxwalker... He's got two as well. But it's honestly all that's just slow. Yeah. Because I didn't even get to my turn three against Lucan. Well, speaking of Lucan, let's talk teams. Lucan and I brewed the same team and we just ran with it just because I'm old and I don't have time. I was thinking about running a crazy dragon team, which was awesome. I could buy all these dragons and throw them all in with Ring of Winter on turn three. But I didn't have quite enough energy to breath weapon at the same time. It was awesome, but not good enough. So we decided to break energy field just because in Golden, I felt like it was broken, and so did Lucan. So we built a team that was just, let's break energy field was the idea. So Lucan, could you tell me? The energy field says, pay a mask, spin target character die, down one level, and then it says, spin a character die up a level. If it had said another, then you would have to choose a different target. But right. with Awaken, you can just hit the same thing and just do whatever the Awaken effect is and not have to spend two masks right. to get that Awaken effect. When we first saw it, we looked at it and just kind of cursory looked at it and thought, oh, this is just polymorph for mutation. But it isn't if you really look at the text. That is a big mistake. Right. We've done a few sealed things with just the Justice box and some others, and it gets pretty bad. Yep. Especially when you got Static Field and you've got all the Awakened characters, it's just broken. So, Lucan, tell me about the team, because this is trying to maximize the broken aspect. So, the win condition is the Uncommon Sunfire from X-Men First Class, subtitled Moegaru, and his Awakened ability is character dice you control gain plus one, plus one until the end of turn. And the way you get the board clear to slam through with all this damage with Sunfire is the Common Jubilee, also from X-Men First Class, and her uh, subtitle is Life on the Streets. Her ability is Awaken, deal one damage to all opposing character dice. So obviously this is going to take a lot of masks. So the easiest way to get masks, and a kind of stupid way to get masks in Golden Age, is the Morphing Jar common from Yu-Gi-Oh. One cost mask, no text, really good stats. Huge stats. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I did the same thing with Poxwalker and Fist and Modern. Yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't work with Professor X, the rare, or any of them really from UXM. And the card text doesn't really matter. It, it gives you sidekicks plus one plus one. It's a five cost. Subtitle trainer. And the global is uh, pay a mask, move up to two sidekick dice from your use pile to your prep area. And it's not and only, it's not on, only your on your turn, and it's not once per turn. So if you have four masks, you can put all eight of your sidekicks from your use pile to your prep area. And how do you get those four masks? Morphing <laughs> jar, and it's really easy to make sure that you get those in your reserve pool with the Clayface Global, which is also conveniently a mask, which is going to be on your team. And you can use it on both turns. You can use it on both turns, and in goal, Global Escalation, it's super powerful, so a lot of times your opponent's going to bring it as well, which makes it double-powered. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's broken. It's sick. <laughs> 
right? So every turn, you are making sure that you are only drawing four dice and, like, rolling ten at least, probably more. And is there a way to enhance the consistency of oh, this Oh, absolutely <laughs> there is. Maybe you don't roll masks, but you roll a lot of sidekicks. So you've got the Billy Club Mask Energy Fixer here, which can also serve in a pinch as removal. And so if you roll one mask and one sidekick, you can turn that into three masks over the course of your turn and your opponent's turn by spinning that sidekick to a mask face and uh, then buying a morphing jar, clay facing the morphing jar in. And then if you have another morphing jar in your use pile, you can clay face that in. Right. And then on your opponent's turn, do something with that mask, clay face that in again. You can get easily get four Professor X globals in. Then uh, also for removal, you've got the uncommon dupe. Uh, this helped me really a lot in the game against Craig. So you have a lot of teams like Dragons or Iceman that win in the attack step and dupe helps against these teams or any control really that's stopping you. Uh, his ability is Awaken, Capture, Target, Opposing Character Die. You can do this however many times you want and on your opponent's turn. So just when they pass you the main phase priority, you just hit dupe and take whatever their win condition is out of the field. And a lot of people don't, either they can't tech against it because there's not a lot of tech against it, or they just don't think people will be running it because it's people it's on people's radar, but not that many people actually run it. And it's up, up at the top face. It's 6-6. Six, six, it's 6-6 so six, six on no the top joke. face, so you can't really ping it out. Like, it's it's hard. And with Energy Field, which is one of the basic actions, as I already mentioned, it's really easy to get up to 6-6. Six, six. Well, not to mention, too, you've now got your win condition and dupe both functioning off of the same global. Global, exactly. It's, and it's so strangely it's a win-win, synergistic. Yeah. I do have a question. Is there a reason you didn't choose the rare Storm, who lets you re-roll one of theirs for basically the same thing? Consistency. Because rare Storm, you give them a chance to just roll it and roll it and roll it and roll it and roll it. Dupe, there is no chance of that. You take it and you get the job done for a turn. Also, he's good on offense if they have one character die with a really high defense and you can't get rid of them with Jubilee. Like Iceman, for example. I know I'm using him a lot, but he's, he's around, so... You feel dupe, you uh, spend one mask, you just take it, and now you, if all they have left is sidekicks, which on that team there's a high chance of that, just hit Jubilee once, their yeah. field is gone. Dupe saved you against Craig. If you if he had had Storm at that point, she would have been so easy to ping out before. Oh, yeah. Craig that had was the an, magic missile. He had the magic missile, so that was the thing with Dupe. He had to, he had to spend six bolts to get Dupe out, and he would, but that left him with no bolts to really ping his uh, Iceman at that point. So There's one other character here, and that is Doom Caliber Knight, uncommon fiendish fighter from Yu-Gi-Oh! And he has the text, while this monster's active, it cannot be the target of action dice or abilities. That doesn't matter. The global is what's cool. It's pay a fist when you attack. Your monsters cannot be the target of action dice or card abilities during the attack step. And uh, this is really, really good because now people can't target you with static field or distraction or blink transmutation or really anything that would thwart your plans. So you can just attack unhindered. Now, this is the only interesting thing about this team because we were worried about last night about seeing the Beholder team, which would still be legal. A it's a turn three kill. So we were like, what poison pill action is there? So we well, put really it... Quickly, let's like clear up what the Beholder does. It's okay. When he attacks, you can... This is when he's the first die, so you can't like stack up and multiply this. Only if he's the first die to attack, you can use every single basic action. So Like the Ultraman. So Like the Ultraman, exactly. So Ultraman was another thing that this card teched against. But what the team usually does is they run like one against many and also frontline. And frontline gives all of your unblocked attackers plus three and it's turn three. They're not going to have a ton of characters out in the field. They only need a couple. So if they have a ton, one against many is going to nail them. And if they don't, then the frontline is going to nail them. Or they could just run imprisoned. 
and that's going to take care of what's ever in their field instead of one against many. Right. There was um, a Beholder team today. I don't know if you faced them. I, did I didn't face, face them. But yeah, the uh, Beholder team was running the uh, one against many and in prisons. Yeah. That was probably, was that Keith's team? Probably Keith. Yeah, I think it was Keith. I, I so, heard that yeah. he was running in prison. Okay, so, so but we, even, static field so was the trick. We put static field on here. Which a seems counterintuitive when you have... Trash. When you have a combat damage team, you wouldn't want to do that, but we've got Doom Caliber yeah. Knight here, so he can help against that. It makes your opponent save a fist. It makes you save a fist, too, so it all evens out. But the text says, character dice only deal one combat damage this turn. That's kind of trash if you're trying to do front line. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it texts well against the beholder. beholder teams. Not to mention if they're not playing well and saving their own fists, or they just aren't familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, there's a lot of people asking about cards today yeah. from Yu-Gi-Oh. And you could just blink back their stuff, and they didn't realize they had to stop her. Yep. It, though it can work at you, sometimes you have to be careful. Like, I had to do a little math earlier. Is like, do I save this fist? Or do I use it to spin? In one game, I had enough just to spin and not bother with the fist. And he could blink one back, but it what didn't matter because yeah. I could still slam through. Yeah. A few people today were confounded by the use of both Doom Cal and Static Field on the same team. but So I will tell you, right now, we were, right now, this team did very well for us. I ended up fourth, and I'm standing with champion Lucan. He and I had placed, played a mirror match, and it came down to really one roll. I didn't roll Jubilee. And that was it. It would have been lethal, but uh, I missed. And Lucan, I did not miss. <laughs> I won the roll off, and I was feeling really good. And then I didn't roll Jubilee. But I, I don't feel bad for you at all, actually, because <laughs> you had pretty much done the same thing to me yesterday Fair when enough. I didn't roll any bolts. So this is just you know <laughs> straightening out you know how it is and you know making sure we're even. Well, I, I be able to. I salute the current <laughs> national champion of global escalation. I was about to call it golden. Again. Damn it, Andy. <laughs> Andy, this is all your fault. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. I think that's it. Nick, do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, sign no, off here? It was a great day. Plenty of fun. There were some interesting teams, and I enjoyed my team. It's probably not going to work tomorrow because, well, maybe you guys brew it tonight and show me up. I don't know. We, it looks it was, pretty good. I mean, it, it's all modern legal, so that's pretty damn cool. It is modern legal because that's all I brought with me when I made it last <laughs> night in the hotel in an hour. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's well, how it works here, ho right? Ho hopefully, they'll they'll errata energy field and make it fair because <laughs> that's why that's that's part of why I, I did this. And fair enough. Signing off, and we will pick it up again. I don't know later. So the Friday of Origins, WizKids has a fan appreciation night. And after the event, we sat down with WizKids' very own Jimmy O'Brien. All right, we're here post-fan WizKids fan appreciation night here at Origins. And it's been Christmas for us Dice Masters players. Really, we had one wish. And, <laughs> and you delivered big time tonight, Jimmy. Can you tell, just tell everybody basically what's coming back? Draft packs are back. Woohoo! Yeah. It feels so good to get to, for that to be the answer feels really good. It feels great. It feels great. Now, the only question I had really quick when I didn't hear the answer, are we still doing LCG as well along with these still boxes? Okay, so there, we, we don't have anything in particular that's planned. Right. There needs to be a plan for what are new players going to do. Right. There's been so much good stuff for new players that came out in 2019 that if yeah. they can they can go and get it. It's still in the marketplace. They can start with Warhammer or WWE, D&D. DC, Marvel, so they can pick whatever they like out of what we've done and go get started with it. That stuff's not going anywhere for modern. They're going to get new basic actions in the draft packs. 
the, the product really helps settle things. Oh, it's 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 really exciting. We're 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 fired up about because it's the one happy. thing we were missing. And we, our scenes kept going, but I know some of the scenes have dried up a little bit because people came out for draft. Yeah, so, and it, it also gives us a bigger pool of cards to pull from for OP prizes. Yep. So you know, it's not as exciting to give someone an alt art of a card that they definitely had to give right. somebody an alt art of a super rare or a rare that they might not have had or was meta competitive or lets them trade away their extra or something is nicer. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, it's fantastic. Now, this is one thing that wasn't answered in the, the thing, but I am very curious. Are we seeing a return of WKOs? So WKOs have grown and shrunk over time and what that's meant. So it, in, originally, it was a handful of stores are going to run an event that's designed for over 100 people. More recently, it's been very small events that are store level. In the future, the answer is kind of up in the air, but we're going to try and figure out something that makes sense to deliver prizes to people. Part of it is like printing quantities and stuff like that, that as more and more people became kitchen table players, why should I be printing a kit that supports you know 16 or 30 people when most stores are getting 8 or 10 people? And so trying, trying to right-size it around that reality, still keeping like participation prizes and what does that mean and what gets people excited to show up. It's, it's a lot of it is a work in progress. The most exciting stuff is what, what you guys already know. Right. And we were thinking maybe like this would be a good thing for a draft WKO with these new packs. Exactly. So it could be really cool. Yeah, it, it kind of answers the question of like, if you're a store owner, why are you interested in running a WKO other than you're a nice guy? Right. Yeah. Well, you can make <laughs> like, a lot of money selling can, these yeah, packs. Yeah, right? you, can, you can go, like, it's it's not a bad day that, you know, some eight people come in and, and drop almost 100 bucks. Right. And start a seed, potentially, and, and yeah, help things yeah, going, you know? Yeah, ex exactly. Because for a lot of store owners, it kind of signals them that, hey, people still play this game because they're playing it in my store. Right. If you're going at home and you're playing on the kitchen table, the store thinks, well, maybe I don't need to order it. You then don't show up to the store. Then you say, well, I'm going to go buy it on Amazon. They're kind of like, aha, nobody comes and plays this. Right. Like, no, and, and the way you collect your thing is you can come draft. So yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the exact, best way. Exactly. And like, if you don't feel a sense of urgency to collect the set, getting the crack into it and draft it and buy it as an experience is a nice change of pace, too. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, how about, also really quickly, there's some other news that you went over in the yeah. thing, like, you know, the, the art. Oh, so all of the cards that you're going to be able to open in draft packs are going to be full art cards from here on out. We've got access to some of the best art in the world from Marvel and DC and, and our other brands. Why not make the most of it? Oh, I know. And so it's some it's something we had talked about before as far as why we should be picky about the art, but taking that same idea and just saying like let's show great stuff felt really good. Yeah, I guess this is kind of like a minor thing, but what does this mean for the future of foil cards? So fo expect foil cards to work in draft packs like they previously worked in draft packs. Okay. Right. So cool. your super rares are only going to be in foil. Your other cards are going to have parallel insertion. So the other thing that we showed off was textless cards for very iconic cards that almost any Dexmasters player would recognize, like Big Entrance and some others that we haven't announced yet. <laughs> um, you're going to be able to get a card that just has 100% art splash, title, cost, and legal text. Yeah, sweet so, Alex Ross art. Yeah, on sweet, sweet Alex Ross art on the Big Entrance we showed off. There might be other artists on the other cards, but it's it, it all looks it all looks really really good. Here's hoping for Jack Kirby for for the old school me. Oh, I, I, I think Jack, Jack Kirby looks so different than the other stuff that it's kind of a what for a lot of people. But it might make for a good tournament prize card for that reason. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So we and we saw some new cards today, and some of them were really great. I thought it was great to see basically Constantine coming back for three, yeah, which so, is the right price, I think. Really. Uh, we'll see, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Ant. 
Aunt May, Uncle Ben Foundation is going to be the new Constantine Hellblazer, but like her stats are worse, but her synergy might be better than Justice League, given like what Justice League looked like when Constantine was printed. Right. So people will have to like learn the synergies and like what do I care about? But like at the same time, she's also a shield and like Fenthaza exists right now. So like her zero attack is not purely a zero attack. The, the typing's interesting. We also kind of are seeing a return to Storm Wind Rider mm-hmm. with Silk. Silk is going to let you reroll to your opponent's character dice when she is fielded, and she's not going to deal direct damage like Wind Rider, but she's got a five attack on two of her faces, so it's just a, it's a threat. And her low defense means if you're attacking with her, they're likely to either take the damage or knock her out and you're going to get to use the effect again. It's just really, it's really, really cool. Strong. So it's an aggro version of Windrider, which is neat. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I think Windrider was underrated for how aggressive oh, it was, especially oh, yeah. with like Johnny Storm teams and stuff. But yeah, we have a lot of exciting cards. Um, crossover dice are going to be coming back. Mm-hmm. We're going to see them in WWE. We're going to see them in Spider-Man Team-Up. We're going to see the hand is showing up for the first time. Oh, cool. And what's really cool about the hand cards compared to, I guess, some of the team stuff we've seen in other sets is... Other sets you might have seen like a Batman who plays by himself, a Batman who plays with Justice League, and then a Batman who plays with mass characters, let's say. Right. Some of these hand characters are going to be more along the lines of, okay, well this guy plays obviously within hand characters. This other one, it's subtle, and then the third one is going to fire off of burst effects, but a lot of the hand guys have burst effects. And so it, it's it's really fun and different, but still what people expect out of Dice Masters, which is great. That's really, really neat. Really yeah. One more question going back to draft packs. Uh, will the return of draft packs mean more product of old draft pack sets in stores for consumers? Uh, so the old, some of the old draft stuff just dried up. Yep. That it's, you know, we're, we're not planning on reprinting any of it. Uh, what's out there is out there. Stores should ask their local distributors. Sometimes people have thought, like, oh, it's out of stock, but, like, maybe your distributors restocked from us in the meantime. Um, it might also be a case of some distributors have multiple warehouses, and so it's not at your warehouse, but when your minimum order hits a certain threshold, like, shipping is actually free to you now. And selling is really complicated, and it's weird that I would be... <laughs> where I am to know some of these answers. Right. I'm curious about WWE, what we saw. Is there any new mechanics in there that you can talk to uh, us about? Yeah, about stuff? so it seems pretty cool. the resolution wasn't quite right on some of the PowerPoint stuff, so we swapped cards last minute, and we actually didn't get to show everybody one of the great keywords that's going to be in WWE, tag out. All right. Okay? <laughs> so tag out is a great combat trick. When you have a die with tag out in the field zone, you can prep that die after declaring attackers and your opponent declares blockers, and one of your other character dice is going to get plus two attack, plus two defense. Wow, cool. And so in, in some ways it's neat that like if your opponent's going to get a KO with the block, you can you know forego dealing them the damage to buff somebody else. You can kind of like attack with character dice that you don't actually need to get through to your opponent, tag them out so they don't deal your opponent damage, they don't go to use, they go to your prep, and then like maybe somebody else can score a knockout. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun tricks with overcrush. Uh-huh. And and like the first oh, yeah. time the first time you get somebody with it, it's gonna be like it's gonna be so satisfying, like, oh I'm not letting that happen anymore. <laughs> and then like but you start to layer tag out in with like the global abilities that'll like buff somebody's attack or like prevent the damage and it really moves the game into a different space. And like the WWE only environment is going to have a really different, interesting feel to it. It's pretty cool. And I saw, speaking of globals, but I saw some very interesting globals, some of them coming back. You want to tell us, uh, give a little taste um, of some of the so, globals. That so we're going to see the Vibranium Shield Global is coming back. Uh-huh. 
we're going to see a toned down Blue Eyes White Dragon Global awesome. on the rock that you're going to, I think I think it's paying a mask, and then you're going to sacrifice character, get a reduction of two on the next thing you buy. Okay. Probably more balanced than Blue Eyes was. <laughs> okay, um, okay, okay. Yeah, it, like your your cost was not pure benefit back then. Um, well, how about that Rip Hunter's Chalkboard? Yeah, rip, yeah. Oh, rip, rip Hunter Chalkboard Global's coming back on Becky Lynch. I think it's going to be interesting because she's actually just a character worth playing so in some ways the global might be a drawback to you because your opponent can take advantage of it right. and you know how fast you're going to get to the the five or the six to to buy becky lynch and and use that in the same turn another one which you haven't talked about here is the the phoenix global from way back when bolt bolt global. taunt global oh yeah. bolt, bolt taunt is back you know we had some time without it yeah. um it's more interesting now to have the bolt fist trade-off and choice because a lot of people want to play the black widow that's immune to the taunt it means they can't play the taunt, but not anymore. Cool. Uh, yeah, we're also we're also going to get a global that grants tag out, and so again, it's one of those weird situations of like it could really backfire on you <laughs> if your opponent has better access to their energy typing than you do. Right. Um, also, there's one thing that's kind of similar to Frontline here, the, the global on Frontline, which is pay a fist, target character die, can't block this turn unless its owner pays two life, and you can use it once per character die, but you can use it however many times you want. Wow, so it's sounding a little yeah. So here. <laughs> for, yeah, so I think that the designers kind of want to see how close they can get back to relentless without making the game feel bad. So we're not having super walls. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't we don't want super walls, right. and so like I think you see that a little bit with Ant May's like a low a low key wall, but you're gonna have silk, you're gonna have tag out and other stuff. We're probably gonna see some more stuff with overcrush than we've seen in the past at competitive costing. And so that's going to be exciting. You're going to see combos with not just overcrush, but you're going to have guys who are going to give attack buffs in certain situations too. It's cool. I'm seeing. I'm noticing a trend, and maybe I'm wrong here, but maybe there was a deliberate attempt to get this a little bit back to a combat-oriented, you know, as opposed to a direct damage game. Yeah, in these new sets. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that that's definitely fair to say. It feels bizarre to sit down with a new player and tell them. Yeah, this is a game about attacking, defending, and superhero combat. And they're like, okay, I just fielded three gobbies and dealt you twenty-one <laughs> damage. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And and the but at the same time, like all the combo globals and actions and everything else are also kind of driving us in that direction. Like, it wouldn't be surprising to me if people are using, you know, villainous pact and some other things instead of cloud kill to swing for the win. And it probably just feels a little bit better because, like, you well, you could decide you want to play a bunch of villains. Maybe if there's a way to cheat a character and a player in your opponent's turn after they play the villains pack, like, it just seems like it feels a lot better in the terms of your choices. That's cool. Yeah. So I would be, I would be remiss. But one of the things I love to do on the podcast is talk like a little bit of the history of Dice Masters. And I've got so. I've got you here, so okay. I, I want to let's stand, hop in the Wayback Machine right now. Okay. And go back to the like. Pre-AVX days, you, you, you had just mentioned today that, that, that Yu-Gi-Oh! was actually the first design set, yeah. but AVX was the first release set. Can right. you take us back to the days when it was originally just coming out of Quarriers, going into Dice Masters? What were some of the behind-the-scenes decisions going on there? Okay, so I was not at WizKids for, some of the, from, for a good portion of that. Okay. And um, we, we just have a schedule, as many businesses might, where you can kind of watch like when are things coming out. And I'm... Our customers give us a hard time because, like, oh, there's delays. And those delays happen at different times and for different reasons, and we have a varying degree of control over them. I think it's funny that I didn't think Dice Masters was, like, really a thing that was going to happen. 
Right. Like it said, you know, Marvel dice building game on the schedule, and it moved and it moved and it moved. And kind of looking back, it's like, well, you know, the quantities of the dice we were doing were much higher than couriers. Mm-hmm. There's just shipping and logistics things that happen sometimes. It's often challenging for licensors to approve brand new concepts and things. And Dice Masters had a lot working against it. You know, the, the graphic designers had no practice working on Dice Masters because it never existed before. <laughs> right. The the people who were checking the samples didn't have practice. So it's like, okay, like whatever, this is going to happen. And then we got samples in the office and we got to play. And it was like you just you look at it for the first time and you're like, this is going to be so good. Right. And it's it's I've never had that kind of like behind the scenes electric thrill before where you look at a game and you know like everybody else is going to see this and think it's amazing. Yeah. But like even like kind of a step later than that, pre-orders were not reflective of how good we all thought it was going to be. And so Justin made this decision to me, hey, let's make sure that we get a bunch of starter sets to Gamma Trade Show. Hey, all the retailers come and learn some demo games. And people could not get enough of like seeing Dice Masters and seeing the cards and looking at the dice and figuring it out. And you know, even like looking back, those are not the very best advice. They're very good, but not, you know, there's tons of imperfections compared to what we have now. The cards were not all worded meticulously, you know. It wasn't the triple A art. It was, but it was, it was good, and people loved it. And then we had this cycle of just stock outages. That, right. Like, we, you know, people order some, we sell out, and we're like, well, how much do we reprint? Because you, you don't know where yeah. the ceiling is. It's first time, too, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so uh, to get to be around for that was just super, super... And, like, I'm, I was definitely not a decision person of any kind. It was just, like, watching everybody else try to figure it out. and like, oh, can I help? I probably can't. <laughs> like, what, was there any kind of... I was so curious. One of these days, I'd love to talk to Eric and Mike, but... You know, just to think about, like, okay, how do I transform this from quarriers into Dice Masters? I mean, this seems to be, like, an element even in chess. Like, you start with, just like chess, you have 16 pieces. You have yeah. you have 16 pieces. You have eight sidekicks and, you know, eight cards I, and, you know, yeah, all that kind of I stuff. I have no idea where they even began, right. you know? And, like, one of the things that's so brilliant about Mike's work, and I'm, I'm more familiar with Mike's work compared to Eric's work, so th- there might be some bias in what, what I can share here, but, like, if you look at Dice Masters and you look at Magic and you look at Harry Potter and you look at Duel Masters and you look at like Conflict in the Neutral Zone is something he's doing with us. Like all of these games have a substantially different feel to them. And like yeah. the and you know oh, and Battle Spirits is a Mike Elliott game as well. And so like sure there's like a collectability element to a lot of these different things, but you could not sit down and play these games and without prior knowledge say, Oh yeah, of course it's the same guy. Right. You play two of these games and you pick up a set and you're like, oh well, it's like the other one. No, it's completely different. <laughs> it, it makes sense in its zone and it's just a, it's its own fun thing. I'm here with Nick too. Nick, do you have any questions you'd like to ask? Oh, I'm just enjoying the moment. <laughs> draft packs are back. Oh yeah. And you said three basic actions in a draft. Pack? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So let, there there was no going back to draft packs without thinking like, is there something that we can do that's easy to improve it? So for Avengers Infinity Gauntlet, the first one we're going to do next year. The easy thing is let's just make sure there's a third basic action because now you can actually with a third you can make some choices you right. can you can pick what do I want to hold on to or what do I want to pass and you could draft the basic actions separately from the the heroes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's cool. nice. We're also just kind of looking at like what could we do in the future that's like even more wild that we're putting the same components in the box and it feels different to draft it. Yep. It feels different on the tabletop and the the designers just ruin and it's like okay well how how do we do this like how do we does this really make sense are we the only ones who are excited about this 
and uh, that's kind of why there's not a ton of preview images from like deep in the future because we're just not there yet. I can tell you personally, I know there are celebrations going across. In, back in Los Angeles right now, <laughs> I heard a shout from across the country here of, of, yeah, of, of exclamation. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned what? So the first one's... Uh, oh, so, so the, the three in order are right. going to be Avengers Infinity Gauntlet. Avengers Infinity, okay. Then we're going to have Superman Kryptonite Crisis. Awesome. And then we're going to have Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, and so something else I can share as far as the Avengers Infinity Gauntlet stuff. A lot of the characters are going to have energy and Infinity Gem themed uh, abilities. Cool. Energy is going to feel really different in 2020. Oh, and I think, I think really that's cool. neat. And that makes Clayface really, really good. And he was already really, really good. And I, I, yeah, I noticed a lot of the generic of, in there. There is also a crossover. Crossovers yeah, cross, are back. Crossovers cross, cross are back. We're going to see it in Spider-Man. We're going to see it in WWE. We're going to see it in the draft sets in different ways. I don't think it's going to be as tight as it was in Green Lantern, that if there's this combo, then there's the next combo, then there's the next combo. You might only get some combos. You might get some dice that have a one versus on the the one face versus a question mark on the one yeah, face. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. Um, so it's open and it's ambiguous and it's, it's, it's fun. It's a little more push your luck. So there's like one side that's really not so good. And the other yeah, yeah. Are, and I think that, that's neat, right? That, they, they can give you a, a character that might have pretty good stats and a good ability, but that last face is just really bad. It's just, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there a chance of the return of zombies from, like, way back when? Because <laughs> I love those so much. I don't have anything on my radar that tells me it's a yes, but, like, you, you kind of just notice we never say no. Yes. Um, there have been things that our licensors have told us were a no-not right now, and, you know, we when they're the things that really matter... We go back and we check, like, okay, isn't now? Is it different? Can you help us understand when it might be a yes? And so th- there are some things that were no's and will be yes, but we couldn't announce those today. And so, like, you know, when we can tell you guys, we're going to be really excited for that news, too. Right. Any, any other big inside scoop news that you're, like, willing to tell us <laughs> that um, wasn't in there? So, so not, not necessarily news, but the Ministry of Dice guys are going to be so jealous that you guys were here having this conversation with me, and they could not be. They're like, yo, get, they're like, get us the PowerPoint. And that, that got finished earlier today, like, because there's always, like, one last thing you can change. Right. And so I was like, no, like, like I, I can't leak it, but it's also just not final, guys. Well, hey, Mr. Six stayed up to get some previews. <laughs> oh, we're we're so dedicating. We, right now. We made it worth it, so. Chris and Andy, this one we're dedicating to you. <laughs> well, thank cool. you, Jimmy. Hey, thank you pleasure. so much well, for taking guys, the time. And, you guys have a great weekend. And for this great news, awesome you know. We, now I have, no, I, you know, I can win, lose, or draw tomorrow and feel, so feel, feel satisfied. <laughs> Here we are. It is the morning of the U.S. National Championships for Dice Masters. I'm sitting in the hall here at Origins, and uh, with me at table, I guess it's table nine. <laughs> we're, we're at the yellow tables here at Origins, and I'm here with Lucan and Nick Wally. Not talking teams, other than everybody's kind of keeping their cards close to the vest, as they should. Ross is setting up on uh, table number 16, it looks like. Hopefully he's going to have some live streaming. Nick, what's your, what are your thoughts on the, on the day here? Well, surprisingly today I got the most sleep, twice as much as I did any other night, and I'm feeling the most tired, so this is a great day. <laughs> I love it. Lucan, how about you? I'm feeling not so great because I think my team is 
not gonna cut it. It is remarkably average and generic, and but I, I'm just gonna roll with it and see how it. Well, I made a meta call, and we'll see. I have a feeling. I have a feeling I'm not gonna. I'll probably finish somewhere middle of the pack, but I think I'll have fun playing it, and that's kind of what I rolled with. Just. Let's try that and see how it goes. Uh, Nick, you want to share anything, or you don't have to? Uh, not talking meta, but I'm I'm interested to see how many of the uh, more casual or newer players just show up today. Yeah. There's plenty of people here that yesterday this is my first event and they had fun. I'm looking around. I'm seeing a lot of people rolling in. We got Junior walking in, the defending U.S. national champion. He's looking awesome in his red I don't know Street Fighter pants. We'll call them. They're awesome. Ben said Scott has rolled in, so he's made his way down from Canada. This is just a quick scan. Like I said, Ross is here. A whole bunch of people here at this huge table. Uh, you can feel the tension in the air. All right, I'm here with what I believe is our first international player of the day at, at the Nationals. Ben said Scott. Hi, I am... Uh... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed with DM Armada because he posted that stupid like one-hit kill combo <laughs> yes. like two days ago, so that's fun. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I, uh, I stole my team for today, so that's good as well. Right on. Well, I hopefully we'll get a, get a chance to roll again. It's always fun playing against you, my man. And uh, welcome. Welcome to the state. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with the defending U.S. national champion, Junior. How are you feeling this morning? I'm kind of sleepy. The oatmeal hasn't kicked in yet. So. I see you got the Red Bull, though. It all looks good, right? Oh, yeah. I got three of these suckers, so I'm going to be spun here in a minute. So. Well, did you bring the biggest question, I think, that's buzzing around the room? Is the belt in the house? There it is. The belt is in the house. <laughs> there it is. Look at that. That's so awesome. A creation of Tony, right? Is that Tony made that? <laughs> well, I'm excited for, speaking of belts and stuff, they got the Macho Man coming up, so... Oh, yeah, brother, and that's going to be awesome. Undeniable champion of the world. There is no stopping me now, yeah. Right to the top. Elizabeth, I'm going right, you're going left. Stay in line. Right on. Well, here we are. The brewing is going on. Craig Hubner is frantically putting his team together. He's shaking his head. He's giving me that, oh, I don't know, man. But then he pounds you. <laughs> no, I, I just want to say I'm impressed at how uh, dedicated he was to that impression of the macho oh, man. Yeah, he was into I it. mean, that wasn't just the voice. There was the full body takeover. Yeah, brother. There was nobody possibly in the parking lot. So we fired off with 27 contestants vying for the U.S. Nationals title, not to mention the belt. I heard there was a 28th who thought the event started at 11 rather than 10 who missed out. Anyway, first off, I want to give a huge shout out to the event's officiating team. Paul Kushner, Lillian, and Vince, you guys ran a flawless tournament and were always ahead of the curve with rulings and explanations. No drama, very clean. Paul told us we would be playing four rounds of single game Swiss with a cut to top eight. Lucan, you were running an Adam team with a pivot to Green Lantern. Later in the podcast, you go into greater detail about your team, but can you tell us about your journey on the day? My first opponent was Keith, and in this game, I missed Adam the first time around, but that gave me the opportunity to buy Green Lantern, and I used that to get some early damage in. Keith was using a Tabaxi Rogue Instant War Devil Mask team, which would try to overflow my field and then wipe it with Devil Mask. I was able to remove his promo Black Widow, which he was also running, with the sheer attacking force of Hawk Girl, and then when I had both Adam and Green Lantern in the field at once, I swung for lethal. My second opponent was Ben Kaplan, who was running an Iceman Burn team. I went for my usual strategy of Adam speed, but ended up losing because my Adam didn't roll the first two times around, and my Green Lantern also didn't roll the first two times he came around either. 
It would have been a tough match even if I had got my rolls, but without them I stood zero chance. My third opponent was Michaela, who was running a similar team to Keith. That game is on stream by Ross, so I recommend you check it out. Similar to the first two games, my Adam didn't roll the first time, but unlike my second game, I was able to roll Green Lantern. I played it safe until I could get Hawkgirl, Green Lantern, and Adam in the field at once, and when I did, I swung for lethal. My last opponent was Todd Whitman, who was running an X-Men control team with Hope Summers, Bishop, Boom Boom, and Jean Grey. I won the roll off and opted to go first. My first roll was two fists and a shield. My re-roll was three shields, obviously about as bad as it could have gotten. I went for Confront the Mighty to try to remove Bishop if it saw the field. I was able to buy Adam relatively quickly and get him in the field on my first try, but had a lot of difficulty rolling sidekicks, masks, or wild energies. Finally, my big turn was upon me. I needed to get Bishop out of the field and win. I had many hawk girls in my reserve pool on the mask face, but that Confront the Mighty didn't roll, leaving me at the mercy of Boom Boom and eliminating me from being able to make the top cut. It was very frustrating, and hats off to Todd for playing a great game. After a ton of hemming and hawing, I finally decided to run an aggressive villain control build featuring the Rare Collector and the Rare Wrecker as the core of the team. The Rare Wrecker reads, While Wrecker is active, players can only use global abilities of active characters. Now, this team has a couple of globals that are important for its success, and one in particular that I'd rather not have. So when you buy and when you field the Wrecker is an essential question when playing this team. The general idea is to get Collector and Wrecker on your first two turns, if at all possible. Collector first if you go second, Wrecker first if you go first. To do this, you need the Cree Captain Global. Pay two fists. Once per turn, the next character die you purchase this turn costs three less. You can find this on all three Cree Captains, but the one I was using was the three-cost Cree Captain Lost Purpose, who gets plus one, plus one for every active villain character die. I didn't have Clayface on this team, but I knew I'd see a bunch of him, and that would help me activate the Cree Captain Global with more consistency. Cree Captain, when combined with Black Canary Flower Shop, is also a great alternate combat damage win con should your direct damage strategy get shut down by the likes of Bishop or Madam Mask. Black Canary reads, when Black Canary attacks, villain character dice cannot block. So how do you make your opponents villains? Well, you play the Rare Danger Room from X-Men First Class that reads all character dice lose their affiliations and gain the villain affiliation until the end of turn. That Danger Room also works fantastically with your main direct damage win con, which is Norman Osborn, Don't Call Me Gobby, the super rare from Guardians of the Galaxy, who, when fielded, does one damage for every villain die in the field zone, which does boatloads of damage. Danger Room also has the global Pay Bolt, deal one damage to target villain character die, which is really a serious liability for this team, which was one of the reasons I had to get the wrecker out pretty quickly to turn off my own global. I rounded off the team with two essential pieces of villain control, Shriek, Sonic, Beam, and Scarlet Witch, careful what you wish for, who was the last addition to the team and saved my bacon during the event. I started off the day against Chris from Wisconsin, who had a couple things on his team I really didn't want to see. He was running a buffed Wong Insect Plague build with the rare Bishop to nerf direct damage. Unfortunately for him, his bishops, yes, he bought two of them, refused to roll, and I was able to knobby him to death before Bishop ever came out to play. In round two, I played Ross Foster, who runs the weekly dice arena. 
Ross and I discuss our game later in the podcast, but he was running a hard villain control team with the rare blob from X-Men First Class, Shriek, and Nobby, and he won the roll-off and got the jump on me and was seriously cramping my style. I had to make a hard left turn to my alt-win-con, and with a lot of help from the good lord above, just managed to out-touch him in the end. In my third match, I lined up against the father of Dane and Jonathan Lumen out of West Virginia. I'm sorry I've forgotten your first name. But hats off to you for raising such a powerful Dice Masters family. If memory serves me correctly here, I was able to get my collector Nobby Danger Room train rolling and was able to outpace him for the win. Sitting at 3-0, I lined up against the wonderful Michael Phoebus, who was playing a collection of cards I really didn't want to see on his team, including both Madame Mask and Bishop. Michael had piloted the same team during the Global Escalation Tournament, so he had a good feel for it and piloted it superbly. We locked horns for a long, grueling match where both of us had chances to finish it out, but we ultimately ran out of time and knotted up in a tie. After a quick lunch... I returned for the top eight to square off against Alex Shrake, better known as Junior, the defending national championship on the stream. He was running an attuned team with a gold dragon kicker, which really fit his playstyle. His rust might have shown a little bit in that I think he missed using my own danger room global against me a couple times until late in the second game. But by that time, he was running out of real estate as I had already taken the first game, and so I got the win. In the top four, I matched up against Todd Whitman from South Carolina. Todd was running a Hope Summers X-Men build with Bishop, Boom Boom, and Jean Grey as potential targets for Hope. In the first game, Todd set up with Hope copying Boom Boom and launched into his basic action ping. Fortunately for me, I had Scarlet Witch, and she did a lot of work and allowed my collector Nobby combo to outpace him. Todd wisely changed strategies in Game 2 and had Hope copy Bishop, which forced me to pivot to the Black Canary Cree Captain combo. Todd started hitting me with Boom Boom damage, but I had just enough time to land the Danger Room Cree Captain Black Canary Assault. It was on to the final, and I was lining up against Ben Said Scott, who had come down from Canada to try to add a third national title to his resume. We'll get into the details of our match later, but Ben was running a viciously fast Adam-Danny-Moonstar-Clayface team that could kill Lickety Split, so I knew my wrecker was a priority. We cut now to just after the final match. All right, Nick, we're back. My dad is doing stuff right now, but I've got Nick again, so here he is. No, the last match was really exciting. I played Ben in, uh, he was number one, I was number eight, so we played first round of the top cuts, and it was the mirror match. And it was really, it was rolls. And it looked like that last top match was just rolls again. Your dad had the best rolls in the first game, Ben had rolls in the second game, and then it looked like it was your dad again. It was all just rolls. It was not player error, it was rolls. I feel that a lot because I had pretty terrible rolls all day, except for like in one game, which is thankfully the game I was on stream for. Even that game I didn't have great rolls. But I can't think of any errors that I made. I guess I can look back. Oh, I know plenty of errors I've made. I mean, it was nice playing Ben. We've practiced online together occasionally. Probably more last year, but like it was just friendly matches, and so I was making errors. He was letting me fix it. It was cool. It was nice to finally meet Ben in person. For sure. I kind of want to see once this is all over, look at all the team sheets and see what the distributions are. I know there were four Adams on the day, a couple collectors, but there was just a wide field. Wide field. There's a lot of Iceman running around. I saw two of them. Boom Boom. Hope and Boom Boom was solid. 
who was it that had hope and was like heavy control? Todd Whitman. Yeah, your dad played him, and that was that was impressive. Shout out to my mom and my dad. First, you gotta give you the introduction. Oh, sorry. It's Ben said Scott, the international champion, here with us today. He got second place in the U.S. national championship, even though he's Canadian and English too. Well, English by origin, you get what I'm trying to say. He's living in Canada, he's from England, got second place in the U.S. national champion. There, very simple. So you might have to do some editing, Hutch. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Yes, I know, it would be, it'd be nice with three, but I guess I just have to settle for two, and Arj can have Worlds and U.S., I guess. There you go. It's, it's, it's hard for me because <laughs> not... Turf. Not only do I have to not make the top cut, but I also have to live with the guy who won. I'd say that's probably my biggest loss here today because now he's just gonna never <laughs> shut up about, oh, I got the belt, move your macho. I can't do the macho man voice. I'm actually gonna blame you again for my loss. So you beat me at Worlds. And in this time you played Atom against your dad. So he put Wrecker in, which ruins the game miserably. And it's just the worst card ever. He says it was his idea, but I know the truth. Well, that was my idea. if Patrick idea. was here, he would have been running that Polaris and uh, Blackbird. Blackbird. Well, Somebody I mean, would have been happy. I think it's a great card. I would just never play it because I like globals. Well, the trick with, with you own it, you see, I play all the globals I need, and then when I don't need it anymore, you throw them out, right? Then your danger room is immune. Yeah. So then if you need to shift to this, you can. Yeah. yeah. Which I used a couple times today for the win. Hold on, we're here with Michael. Engledu, I-N-G-L-E-D-U, Engledu, not Engledu, Engledu. Engledu. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, as somebody with the name of Arge, I can appreciate you getting it right. You know? <laughs> um, no, it was a great, uh, great time, great day of Dice Masters. I was happy to be here. It was, it was a great day. It was awesome to see some of you guys play, and uh, you guys are just awesome. <laughs> well, everybody's awesome. Like, I want to try to convince people, more people to come to Nationals and Origins, because oh, no, it's so great. Did, what's your takeaway? Is this your first time or second time? Right? Uh, this is my first time actually playing the big game i've tried to qualify for the last four years wow okay. i just could not get over that mm -hmm. but you know being in the big game finally and seeing everybody has just been awesome it's a lot of fun isn't no, it it's and, a lot of fun. and don't be intimidated right because i remember you nice. i yeah. played you yeah, you gave me some really good advice and it was just like and i took that to heart too it's all good for me and stuff like that. i mean i took a break i came back and i came back with a vengeance so i'm still happy and i ain't going anywhere anytime soon so that's good to hear now that draft packs are back trying to reinvigorate the local scenes so no it's Really, I, my draft scene right now is already excited about the new stuff coming out, so next year's going to be great. So, the 2019 U.S. Nationals are now in the record book, and I am standing here with the Intercontinental Champion of the World, Mr. Ben Said Scott, who was at the top table with me after a very long, hard-fought day of Dice Masters. Ben, start off by telling us what you ran today, and, and uh, maybe you could kind of take us through the synopsis of how, how things turned sure. out for you. Sure, yeah, I was playing an Atom team, so it's an Atom Waken team. I basically just stole it off uh, Nick Wale, because in testing I was like trying to play stuff, my gold dragon mainly, and then I played against Nick and lost almost every game. We did like 10 games in a row or something, I lost every single one. Was that last night that that happened? No, 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 a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And then I was like, huh, that card's pretty good, and it stops Fix It. I know there's some jerk who runs Fix It. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> well, no one ran. Actually, no one ran fix it. So there you go. But Atom worked really well, and then it was just a matter of kind of finding the right two-cost mask character, kind of like Danny Doomlance. Real mean, a super awesome alternate, alternate win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the good thing about her really is that if you attack with her, more than likely they'll let it through yeah. and it'll go to you so you can clay face it back in. So mean, yeah. With yeah. that Adam, it's double, ugh. And then it was kind of like doubling up on, I think every almost everyone had some kind of Kate Bishop static field today. There was like all ping damage. Right. I, you know, that, that Danny is interesting because I went through and I looked at all the masks and, you know, that hadn't occurred to me because we, you know, all thought about that Adam is like just it's super broken the way energy field is until yeah, they yeah, fix yeah. it. And, you know, you don't want your th people to roll characters, right? And yeah. certainly not get them stuck in the no. field when they're masks. So that's that's brilliant. I hadn't considered that one. Well, yeah, no, in the original build that Nick was running, he changed it for Tay, but he was running Grey Hunter. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem with that is it costs Fielding two to cost. field it. Yeah. And you field it and you're like, huh, now he just blocks by a sidekick and it stays there. Right. Yeah, because you're doing damage either way with that damage. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can pivot with the Doom Lance. The good thing about Atom is you have a bunch of free space, right? Right. And then the, the rest of the team is basically just removal. The good thing is that promo Kate Bishop adds another layer of villain removal. Yes, for Shriek. And then Mimic, who worked really well in the opening rounds, the four-cost Mimic, flying, biting, slashing oh, Good thing. card, yeah. It's really good. And then I was like, oh, yeah, well, if I run out of Collector, I can just steal Collector or KO Collector. Right. The only so thing that would have worked to me was like, you think, okay, if he has to use this against Wrecker, it's going to hurt him more than help him, yes. right? Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Did you end up ever actually being able to copy anything or just KO all that? Um, yeah, in an earlier game, I copied a Collector and a Parasite. Oh, so mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I sat down, I looked at your team, and I thought, wow, this is such a Benside Scott team. It's got so much removal. See, it's got it so much board yeah. control, you know. Well, and I think Nick's original team was Atom and then all the control. Mm -hmm. And like pivot piece of mine was more like aggressive control, like removal. So he was running uh, like Shriek, uh, Scarlet Witch, and Black Widow. Right. I kind of played around with them, but decided against it because I'd rather. Okay, so real quick, run down your team again one more time, real quick, and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes as well. So. Yeah, so it was Danny, then it was Storm, the two cost Storm, which has Awaken, a ramp, and then Kate Bishop promo, trying to make me remember stuff. Shriek, Atom. Mimic, then Atlas Clayface, and Doom Lance and Field. Yep, awesome team. You know, there was a couple of teams that I expected to see more of and they didn't. Was there anything that, that you were expecting to see that you didn't see today? For sure, a lot of fix-it. I thought, I thought there'd be a, for sure a couple of fix-its. Mm -hmm. Because in testing, even if you could shut it down with Static Field, it was still pretty good. Yeah. There was no, like, swarmy Parasite Poxwalker. Nope, I didn't, I didn't think we were going to see that. The one thing it's I thought we were going to see man. was that Hope, Hope Jean Grey. I thought we would see that, and that might have hurt a lot of teams. I saw semi, one. Right? Yeah. The other thing that I was surprised is there was no Black Widow. Really surprising, right? And interesting it, enough, no one went Dreadnought either. I think because of that, they both yeah. they both yeah, disappeared. No, no you know, I think that that I, I toyed with it last night when I went to bed. The OP Black Widow was on my team, yeah, yeah. and I literally had a nightmare thinking that I was going to be playing Ben Kaplan, who I anticipated running a more Bernie version of team. my team with Atlas. Future Arge interrupting here. I meant to say Atlantis, not Atlas. Yeah, and the sidekick sure. in the Professor X, and I thought, uh-oh. Yeah. And so I switched out for Scarlet Witch. Well, I think ultimately Black Widow does slow down Atom and Iceman, but it doesn't stop Boom Boom. It doesn't really stop Collector Nobby. So it's good, but it's not... It's just a little insurance policy against a couple of things, you know. And maybe that would have helped me if, because I had that on my team as well. And the good thing about it is it's a fist, so you can clay face in with a Cree captain. Yep. I knew that, so yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that was a mistake not to bring it, but I didn't really miss it. The other yeah. thing I was thinking about running, which is on Nick's team, is the three cost storm, the awaken and roll out. Yeah, really nice. The reason I kind of stopped, decided not to do that was a the two cost gives me some ramp if I can get it up, which is quite cool. 
but B, it's a two cost, so you can kind of spam it in the same way you do Danny. Right. And that's really good against Danger Room, and it's good against uh, Iceman. Iceman takes his D down. And Iceman really is, yeah, the hell and Iceman is really fast. Did you see a lot of Iceman today? Tell, tell, uh, us, tell us about any runs you ran against Iceman. I played Ben Kaplan's team. Okay, what was, run us down, what was Ben's team? What was he running? I didn't get a chance to it play It was him. like pure, so he had the one cost Tringua, the Clayface Mjolnir Techno. <laughs> right. uh, he had Ring of Winter to buy Hulk. Uh, Hulk he had Iceman and Clayface. So he had a bunch of globals and it was just all about getting the Iceman through as fast as possible, getting a bunch of masks. So it was really good. And it would, to be honest, it was really close between us. And he, I think, misplayed on the last turn. And I won, but he would have won the next turn. Ben is such a good player. I, there is no easy out. Well, maybe For it's sure. the name Ben. You guys, man, I'm like literally drenched in sweat. It was such a hard match with between, you, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I had a game with Ben Kaplan as well. I got absolutely smoked. <laughs> Would have been a match if I had got my rolls, but I rolled my Adam, he missed. I rolled my Green Lantern, he missed. I rolled my Adam again, he missed. I rolled my Green Lantern again, he missed. So, so. Lucan, what are you, again, remind us, what were you running today? I was also running an Adam team. Sort of similar to Nick's version of it. Adam... But I was doing a Justice League variant, so I had Hawk Girl who spins up, Green Lantern, who is kind of like Lantern Ring. I had a few globals, uh, Kate Bishop for pushing back. I had Atlas for bag control and a little bit of ramp. I had Clayface to get those masks in quickly. And I also had Billy Club in order to up the consistency, which ended up kind of doing not its job because I didn't roll sidekicks either. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a lot of Green Lantern, actually. That was quite a lot of Green Lantern. There was some Green Lantern popping around. Three teams, I saw Green Lantern. There was a nice pivot. It's kind of like you had that pivot to Doomlands. His yeah, team had a pivot. If Adam didn't do his thing, he could always pick. Yeah, I tried it with the Hawk Girl in Greenland because obviously Atom is a, also a Justice League character. It's super sick. When he, I was watching him and he had one game where he had four masks and he attacked, yeah. did all the Justice League damage, yeah, and then spun yeah. Adam for like the coup de grace. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. nasty. And then also, Luthan was saying about if you just swing with stuff and you have a bigger field, you can always use the energy field global to kind of, in the same way polymorph mutation used to be used. Yeah kind of spam, get massive atoms that are going through. Yeah. The big reason I chose to run Atom team over the collector team was because I wanted to make sure that it was consistent. Obviously that kind of backfired. <laughs> but Atom should in theory be consistent because yeah. If you roll it on a character face, you can attack and then get them back with Clayface. Because it goes to use pile, you Clayface it in, turns into two masks. So you can get you can get your masks that way. And you once you get your Atom roll, that's all you really need. Yeah, I, you know, I think the Atom, if you think about it just mathematically and statistically, yeah. you only have to roll one die. Yeah. That's a 75% chance you're gonna roll yeah. that die. Like my team, I had to roll three characters. So I got really, yeah. really lucky. If you just look at it mathematically, the odds if you pull two of them out of the bag, you only have a 50% chance to roll For both sure. of them. So that, that final was, I, don't, I think you missed one character maybe? Yeah, in the game, the two, I, the games, games one and yeah. three, yeah. Yeah, in the games you won. I did not look at the look of things when I sat down. But, that, I but that, it was that's over. kind of like how, well, I hate Wrecker because I like globals. Right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can't ramp at all, but you kept not missing your characters. Because if you miss characters and they right. go back into it's the. I'm done. Yeah. And then, yeah, so <laughs> that last game, especially, I missed so many characters. Well, yeah. I missed the first game, it was the, the first game, it was really hard to watch for you. I was like, I was feeling for It happened to me twice today where I had. So one guy yeah. bought two. Chris, uh, if you're out there, I, I feel for you, man, because he bought two bishops. Yeah, sure. And they came through his bag, they never rolled. Yeah, not I never once. saw a bishop. I never saw a bishop. Really? I was really surprised considering yeah. how spammy everything is yep. was here today. I saw a couple of them today, and so. they were really hard to fight through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about the meta? From my point of view, it looks pretty healthy right now. What's what's your take on it? I mean, it must be bad if Collector's winning, right? Because Collector's garbage. <laughs> now, no, I think if, especially if they if they are well, out of this card, which I the, think they will. It seems like 
it's been intimated to all of us here that yeah, yeah. that energy field wasn't meant to be like it is. Right. It's going to get fixed. They just didn't fix it because they didn't I, want to mess up people. I, yeah, they didn't want to do it so close to the day. But then does like, I don't know, because how do you win? Fix it. Surely you go about to fix it because what stops fix it? Static field. Collector maybe because you can. Yeah, well, I've been trying that. It's too slow to get it out. You can't get it out fast enough. Yeah. Static field and streak is all you need to counter fix it. That's yeah, it. I've tried a bunch of different variations on the fix it team. I wanted to make it happen for this event. It's just not where it needs to be. Let me give you a hit, Ben. Wrecker. Wrecker. Rex fix it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure. You know, there's so many globals kicking around. That was earlier when we interviewed you, you talked about analyzing the meta. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. I looked around and I was like, damn, between Iceman and Adam and Fix yeah. It, there's just all these global damage. There's all this great I, global damage. So I thought Wrecker I would be great. I mean, I had, I had Wrecker, I had Polaris out, I had um, <laughs> great, yeah. the Carnage out, and I was like, these would all be good, but I do not want to play with them. <laughs> like the Wonder Woman would have been great, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could play this. That Wonder Woman would be super it. mean. Yeah. That's, that's, that is the other big reason why I chose to play my team, because you can kind of see where my influence came into his team. Like For sure. Black Canary. You oh, heard yes. me. That Black Canary saved my bacon on numerous occasions today. I played some games that were, I mean, down to the wire. If I don't pull these dice right now, I lose. And I just, I, you know, like the fortune smiled on me today. And the good lord well, was the just shining. The character you know? I was running had that three-class parasite. So why didn't you run the... I thought about that. One? I tried that. And it's really, really good. The problem is it's like... I also need fists, right? Sure. So, and if I get a bolt, I'm more likely to just use shriek. Yeah. So okay. it was just a question. It was just not quite enough space. And I kept finding, oh, this punches through and that punches through. And how do I protect myself and also get slowly set up to do all the also, damage I need? And so I kind of like ran out with spaces with that. What were you going to say? You can't collect your copy, can you? No, you can copy, field it in. He copies, he takes it, you have it. Yeah, so but then, but you've already fielded, so you can't feel somebody yeah, but else. Yeah, it's not fix it. You can steal a fix oh, you yeah. can steal a dragon, you can steal an atom, you can steal yeah, Iceman. And you start pinging him, yeah. Like all the guys, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, he's really good. I mean, but he's just an extra space, right? And Collector yeah. has. He's already doing that. It's sort of duplicative with Squishy. The thing shriek. is, with Collector as well, I don't like how little ramp there is. Oh, it's, it's a slow bag. I, I just figured, like, I'm used to drafting a lot. I figured, like, if I can get out down in the sandbox with everybody, we just kind of slug it out, that I have a you better chance. You had enough stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah for know. sure. The other thing that helped you is, I think, especially game one and three, was you bought the Wrecker and Collector so quickly with Kree Captain. Yes, Kree, saved. Kree was one, kind of one of the unsung heroes on that yeah. team, you know. you didn't even buy a fist to use my Clayface. You just naturally I just did it, them. yeah. And Clayface does help that because you can always get a question mark, right? Yep. Was, I think there was one time I used it yeah, to get something, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't much. The last Wrecker I bought, I was able to use the Clayface to help Yeah, it's difficult that. not running globals that help. And the thing is, once you get into that, it's weird playing with Wrecker because up to the point you have him, you're just cranking around with all these globals. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to remember, no, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, and just everything shuts. Off. Which is why I kind of like the idea of Polaris, right? Because you can use like a KO level right. to get rid of him. Yep. Polaris is really good. Yeah, but you yeah. pair that with Blackbird and now you can't use anything. That was one team I was extremely surprised that we didn't see. I think there's a very mean shield team out there. Patrick, yeah. we miss you. I know you would have ran it. Yeah, so I think with like Sage and stuff as well, you have like a good three cost shield now. Those blobs are, all the new ones are really They're good, good man. Yeah. The only one with that intimidate blob is that you can't split, flip it before you Yeah, still it hurts, man. That thing just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. shield is, shields are definitely there somewhere. Yeah. So what did you think about, were you here last night for the fan appreciated event? I've seen all the spoilers. Though. Okay, any of your favorite picks from there that you saw so far? Oh. Let's move on to that. I'm not sure that you can't flip it. And here's why. Now, we haven't gotten an official ruling from Paul yet, the savant of the rulings. But the reason why I said I couldn't use energy field on things in my reserve pool is because it has the word target. 
And as long as no, it has no, something no, that we're no, targeting. No, target. it just says switch. No, it doesn't say switch. No, he's been arguing this. I don't know why he keeps arguing this. I keep telling him no. That's a but <laughs> there is. I do have an argument. This is like kind of like no, one of those conspiracy no. theory arguments. Stop. You know, like the the old the old gorilla grod. Stop feeding. That is that. The energy fixes are different. They're not targeting. All right. So. No, no, no. Bizarro is. I see what you're saying, but no. Bizarro is targeting. Come on. <laughs> so we were, we were talking about spoilers. Anything, spoilers. Any spoiler that you uh, really thought was I like noteworthy. the Spider-Punk. Yeah. That's cool, dude. And I think probably the one with the hand. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary <laughs> gives sidekicks and hand characters plus two and overcrush on Energize. Really mean. Cool. Really yeah. mean, right? Energize I'm not a huge fan of, but I, I like the idea. It, it's hard to trigger, right? It's, right. it's not guaranteed. It's only one but third chance, you, did, you know? But if you did something like a Tabaxi Rogue Instant War team, yeah. and now as a finisher where you have a bunch of sidekicks. Good idea, yeah. Because I think it's only a three cost. Yeah, it's, it's a five cost. Okay, is it? That's okay. That's good then. I, I think, like the Electra. I like the new purchase okay. cost that I saw overall. Like, you know, the yeah, Constantine's yeah. coming back on Aunt May, but it's three cost with worse stats, so I think that, that is sense. a little more balanced. I think stats in general have become better, more balanced which is why the Gold Dragon, like, I was just like, no. Yeah. I tried your Gold Dragon team, and it's remarkably consistent. Like, the it way is. you run that runs it really, really well, and it can stack up against any team because it, it, it is so consistent. But there's more people with four. Like, even the Atom has yeah. four defense yeah. on two faces, so he lives. Yeah, yeah, you have Atom and you have static field, and the, the amount of static field here, I don't think Dragon would have yeah. done any damage, really. Yeah. You would have had to stop, and by Wonder Woman, by the time you've done that, it's too slow. Yeah, I'm surprised no one tried the Thunderbird nonsense. It looks really cool. Hats off to DM Armada. I know, I know. <laughs> well, especially with the lack of, I don't know, that was space, I guess. Nick, Nick added, Wally played it yesterday, and it was awesome. Test. Exactly. People may have run it if they had had the time to make it consistent, but the big problem with it is it takes so many cards to set up the win con, it's kind of like, fix it. If you can get it to work, you're going to be doing massive damage, and you're probably going to win in one. But holy crap, I mean, Nick Wally played it yesterday at the Golden, at the, at the Global Escalation. It took it all the way to the top table, yeah. you know, and it was, every card on the team was modern. So there's something really real there. It's a wonderful Johnny card, yeah, and I, sure. I think it, it brought in two cards that were super I'd Johnny. I'd like to point out know? that in my review, I think I said good things about it. And DM Amada was like, oh, no, it's rubbish. <laughs> and actually, now he's doing a spoiler video. So. Well, you might have pointed him in the right direction. Uh, well, any last thoughts before we sign off on the evening? Um, no, just thanks to everyone in uh, the U.S. for being so hospitable. Well, welcome welcome to the south of the border, my friend. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Let's go, uh, let's go play some other games. Let's go play some other games. Yeah. Song of all. All right, so it is Saturday night here at Origins, and we have a very special guest, the very first world champion of Dice Masters, Mr. Dean Leland. Dean, welcome to Rolling Thunder. I'm happy to be here. So, going back in the Wayback Machine, 2015, <laughs> correct? Yep. Was Nationals held, it was Nationals held earlier that year. Nationals was, like, Nationals was the year before. The year before. It was, I think it may have been, like, November, October or something the year before. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, was it might have been the beginning of the year. It was, it was at least several months ahead of time, though. That was the thing that helped me, is I had 
actual gameplay footage of most of the matches from Nationals to be able to, uh, to gameplay off of. So, yeah. So when when Wall showed up with that team, you were kind of ready for it, or did it take like three? Did you have qualifications before, or what was going on the nights before? The no, I what Walsh brought the the crux of that team, I had pretty well in mind because it wasn't too far divergent from what he had played at Nationals. So I was ready for that. I was ready for pretty much everything that I came across because the meta that day was not that different. Because I think a lot of people were net decking from that and not really trying to go off the beaten path. That's cool. I mean, I mean that Wolverine was really tough back then, and Relentless was still legal and all that kind of stuff so it was sort of <laughs> a very aggro in your face kind of thing but now how did you come to uh, discover Solomon Grundy was that something that you just had well, been playing with before in a draft or what, what happened that come about the real benefit that I had is that the Columbus meta as we lovingly dubbed it had a bunch of really off the beaten path players so guys who would just Love to throw stuff at the wall and just see whatever would stick. So we already, whenever a new set would come out, just kind of dug for what's the weirdest thing in here? What what acts differently? And by that point, I'm sure it was not exactly a secret, but I think we were a little ahead of the game on the Blue Eyes Global being what it was. Yeah, huge. So we were already kind of saying, what can we blow up with Blue Eyes to get effect from? And I looked at Grunny, and she's like... This looks pretty great, and we just we were, we were using it from day one out of the box, so we were ready with it. Well, right on. Well, thank you, Dean, for for taking the time to no give us a talk. Yep, really appreciate it. Anytime. All right, so it is now post AVX draft. We had another good one here. Multiple, multiple packs. How many were there? Were like uh, uh, five or six feeds? Six feeds. Six feeds. Twenty six, twenty seven people playing. It was like a flashback to the good old days. <laughs> it was my first, yeah. my first AVX draft. Standing here with the inimitable Ross Foster from the Weekly Dice Arena in True meeting enough. in in person. In so, person, not virtually. I, I could say that he actually physically exists. <laughs> I'm not just behind my keyboard at all times. Huh? All right. Well, Ross, I, we had an incredible battle today. We we were fortunate enough to match up. I think it was round three. Was round it? two? Round two. Round two. Round yeah. two. So we were both one and one and zero. Oh. We were one and zero oh at the time, and we crossed we crossed swords. We sure so, did. Uh, so now that sounds dirty. We're going to cut that one out. <laughs> we collided. <laughs> we collided in round two. That's right. Now remind me of your team because I'm uh, just completely old and forgetting everything right now. And oh, the listeners. You've also you played you know double digit games oh, today. So I'm uh, fried. I was playing a uh, villain control knobby variant mm-hmm. with a couple new spicy clayface and the Kree soldier that makes your three costs and less free to field just a little a little variant on the on an old classic so we were kind of had a similar situation going on and it came down to it was one of those just a free-for-all games and we were down to boy it was close to turns at that point in time right yeah we were it was so, it was late we had so, a, so Refresh my poor memory. Well, what the <laughs> hell was happening here? Sure. So I had three, four villains in the field uh, with two Norman Osborns in my used pile and two dice in my bag and a, a, a single mask uh, laying in my reserve. You had, I don't remember your field, but generally I wasn't all that scared at the point uh, at that point. But so I had static field as the, the distraction. So I had the static field global. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. And yeah. you had the Villainous Pack Global. Right. So I was torn between spend the mask 
prep a die and have a, ch a better chance at fielding both Normans the following turn right. and closing it out. And to be fair, I had a junky bag at that point in time. Right. I, had had just, I had just refilled and I had like seven or eight I was dice in say, my bag. I think it was eight I, or so. It was something like and that. You had two sidekicks left in your bag and six dice in your use pile and you needed two of them. Right, so I pulled, <laughs> I pulled those two and I needed Danger Room to come out and... Cree Captain. Yeah, Cree, and no, and Black Canary. And Black Canary. It was Black Canary. Okay, so... And then I brought in Cree Captain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so... Okay, so Yep, so, so sure silly, silly, greedy me, <laughs> silly, greedy me pays the mask, villainous pact on my turn, prep a die, you know, I'm, I'm over here cracking my fingers, ready to ready to take this one. Yeah, and, uh, I'm feeling pretty shaky about that play. <laughs> Arge reaches into his bag, he pulls out Danger Room, pulls out Black Canary, I start sweating immediately. And I roll and instantly, perfect, two question marks, Black Canary, right. think I was free to feel. Exactly. It was just like... Flawless victory. And it was like a fly-in Creek captain. And say yeah. goodnight, Irene, because it was just a giant boatload of damage. Oh my gosh, it was like Black Canary came in, nothing can block. <laughs> well, danger room first. Black Canary says none of my stuff can block, and Cree Captain was like 17 or something attack at that point. Like so. I always say, it's always better to be lucky than good. I, you know, it reminds me of this game. Remember that game I played with Johnny Pink Frankenstein? And he had he had me, I mean, I was dead, right? Oh, it was, I did, and it was like the last turn, and I, and I. And I just pulled four sidekicks. It was like, if I don't roll four sidekicks, I lose. And I, if and, I, I and I roll, I get nothing, right? And I roll again, four sidekicks. I'm like, yeah. He just, oh, poor and these Johnny. are the moments we talk about, yeah, you know? Exactly. Odds of that happening are, I, I don't want to calculate because I can't do math. But Somebody will. <laughs> somebody somebody will. will do it Somebody tell us. me out there. Yeah. So, Ross, how, after now we've had the whole convention, what was your, this is now year two for you, right? Second year at Origins, yeah. Uh, any thoughts? What's your first impressions of this this con this, this year? And it's, uh, the con's great. I, you know, the exhibits, the demos, the new stuff, the older stuff that I, you know, my, my lack of experience in the board game world, I just, it, you know, it's ever expanding as I see, you know, just so many different games of different types and with different mechanics. It's, it's really fun to, to, to experience new stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, I've just calculated the chances of that happening. It is <laughs> 1 in 1,296. <laughs> and when I say the dice gods are smiling on me, I'm not joking. That's right. <laughs> Full grin, curly whites. That's right. Like Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for talking to us, and and I was fun reminiscing about that that incredibly crazy game that we played today. Right. I mean, like I said, you know, one greedy play, and uh, I end up at, at one and three, and you end up the champion. And that's, so, and that's how it happens. I mean, it's weird. It's like there were several moments during the games, like where was a game earlier in the day, Chris. The poor guy bought two bishops. Right. And he couldn't roll either of them. And it went. they came through the bag at least three times. Right. I was one, just, I, my heart went for it. I, I literally just said to him, I'm really sorry. <laughs> right. <I'm> just, <laughs> You've invested heavily, my friend, and I'm sorry it didn't pay dividends for you. It really ought to have, you yeah. know, by all, it, by the 1,296. <laughs> it wasn't that high, but, you know. Anyway, thank you very much, Ross. Safe travels home. Thank you, thank you. Here we are. Flying back after Origins, here with Lucan, he really wanted to record an outgoing segment. So, Lucan, what exactly is it you'd like to say? What did you ask? I can't hear you. The plane is very loud. I said we're recording an outgoing segment. What is it you'd like to say? Well, I have some questions for you as the big winner of the whole event. How are you feeling about your success? I feel lucky charms, brother. I mean, you know, 
I feel like I was living a charmed, charmed life, you know, when things are going well and you're getting your rolls and Scarlet Witch is holding up and you're pulling your pulls. It just felt like I was having one of those charmed, charmed domino existences. Which sometimes you get hot like that. It's a dice game and, and uh, like I said, I'm a gambler, so it was fun. Really fun. I felt charmed. There's a couple games that got really tight. I mean, I had a lot of really tight, tight games. I had a bunch of really fun, close, close games that could have gone either way. Against Ross, I had this moment where I literally had to kind of put my fingers together and sit in the lotus position and have my Doctor Strange moment where it was like, okay, I have one in two billion chances of winning this thing. How do I do it? And, uh, you know, with a little help from a misplay on his part, or perhaps not a misplay, but not the optimal play. I was able to pull that off. What? <laughs> I can't hear you. You're not even listening. I'm just battling over here. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. The secret of the O'Neill household right there. Babbling old man talks to himself in the corner of a blade. What did he say? <laughs> All right, we're signing off. We're signing off now? Slagafold. E-Hawaii. All right, Luke and Will, we've come to the end of season one. Shinjiro on scale. I know, it's it's pretty crazy. We'll be back in September, and until then, slangafol. Agus na lagajiadalao. And those of you out there competing in national championships and other parts of the globe, amor orov. Hope to see you in Memphis. Don't step up my blue suede shoes. Well, that's the end of Turn 5, my friends, and it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz, without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, August Narlagajia the Lao. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned. Enough said. I can't get out. <laughs> because I love you too much, baby. Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>